Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to The Brian Diaries, where my pals and I get together and talk about subjects dealing with our favorite tabletop role-playing setting, The World of Darkness. While we may not be subject matter experts on the game lines, we have a passion that has led us to create and share actual plays with you all. Eventually we thought, well shit, we might as well take a stab at a podcast, and here you go. Each episode, we will have a guest content creator to join us to talk about whatever subject is on the table. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Brian Diaries, where the thing we prefer the darkest in our world is our coffee. What is up, Andrew? Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew is on his second cold brew of the day. Mind is fucking blown. Black, unsweetened cold brew, just the darkest darkness fitting for this episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I prefer mine. With a little so a uh, little soy in there, but not like you know anything sweet. I like oh, mine to like. Boy. Oh, you know, I gotta like I I like it black, but dude, man, like you drink that shit black, you're going straight emo, man. You know what I mean? You're not gonna be the same for like a week, dude. You know. So then two, fuck, man, I hate to see what you're gonna be doing in that black robe of yours, man. How you doing, Andrew? How's it going, bro? I'm doing well. Good, good, man. It's it's good to be back here and everything, man. It's good to be doing the Brian Diaries again. Before we like continue rambling on for a little bit here in our little intro i want to give a shout out to a couple of people who were nice enough to mention us bd wall walters from the la by night geek and sundry story was nice enough to bring us up when he was guest spotting on or when he was doing an interview on 25 years of vampire the masquerade that's mucho appreciated and also nate from 25 years of masquerade wrote this really really awesome like thank you to like the community and people in the community who have supported 25 years of vampire the masquerade now nothing i say is going to give those guys any more clout those guys are on a whole different level than us but i just want to if you have not for some reason checked out any of those two definitely give them a try they're great especially uh, if you're new to vampire check out 25 years of vampire the masquerade there's a ton of books that are in the vampire the masquerade line they actually just wrapped up the last of their v20 books so go ahead and give them a listen and they're about to start the dark ages which i'm particularly excited for because the dark yeah. ages is pretty yeah. pretty dope it's probably it's the best like time period to set up dude it's so metal exactly i was going to use that as a lead into what i was going to talk about next but like when nate mentioned that they're going to be doing vampire the dark ages when he was nice enough to be on the brian diaries i started reading the dark ages books now i have this weird reading habit where i read like six books at once and i kind of like do like a round robin i'll read a chapter from each so i'm not like exactly burning through the dark ages books at a quick pace but recently actually yesterday i finished constantinople by night which is, I think, the third Dark Ages book that came out. And holy cow. I mean, you know, you've heard me. We've talked about this on our Discord and everything like that. But I absolutely like that book. I find it where, you know, there's so many books in the different World of Darkness lines that for me to think about, like, if someone said, rattle off your top five books, it's really hard for me to do. Not that because, like, they're all equally as good. It's just some just don't stick out. So I used to have a top three. And it was Ghoul's Fatal Diction, Revelations of the Dark Mother, and Mage 20th Anniversary Edition. It was like the three books where I was like, these are like good, like good with a capital G good. Mind you, not insulting other books. There's a lot I haven't read or anything like that, just from what I've read. Now Constantinople by Night is definitely on that list. It's a very strong book. It's number four on my list of favorite 
World of Darkness books from Chronicles or One World of Darkness. And just awesome all around, man. Like, seriously, I love the Dark Ages line. It fits, like, with my preference of how i perceive the world of darkness dark ages really fits that really well it's awesome setting you have uh, some history in it too i mean you're running a game right now setting it right uh sort of it's it progressed beyond the dark ages and more now in like the renaissance type of era but yeah i've been doing giovanni chronicles so it kind of spans multiple centuries and i have an idea for another type of chronicle set in dark ages i think i might have pitched to y'all before a while back it's something that i've been working on behind the scenes I've got a whole, like, just just a thing that maybe one day we'll have on the channel. Who knows? I call it the Warlock Chronicles. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. It's it's really kind of amazing how, as a group now, like, I, people often don't, they don't get to see it. But, like, we're always brainstorming about what's going to be on the channel in the future. I, never, I don't think there's ever been a time where we're like, what are we going to do now? You know what I mean? There's yeah, always, like, there's, like there's so much we all want to do. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool <laughs> feeling, man. I hope we can tackle it. I myself would love to run a Constantinople by night game, but there's so much of Twin Cities by night left, and I still have to do in the alt. I mean, there's just not enough time. Who knows? Maybe one day. I don't want to say never, but it's such a beautiful setting. And like I said, I can't wait till Nate and Bob tackle that in 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. But I just really like, I really try when I see other content creators kind of mention us, I always try to reciprocate it because it's really it's just kind of to have it where your peers notice you it's a really yeah. good feeling it is and yeah. it's just and like, given as a shout out by name that's really nice yeah it's really nice of them so i really want to give them a shout out for that so but right now currently i, I finished constantinople by night and i'm reading ghoul's fatal diction because i'm like hmm, i want to like read my favorite book and see and plus there's something that's going to be going on here soon. And man, Ghoul's Fatal Addiction is such a good book. That opening intro, whew, love it. That's what I've been up to, and I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, what about you? you? You got your Geo game going? I mean, dude, you got so many games going on. You got the Geo game going on. You're still playing that Dark Ages game, right? The the, Britan- the Britannia one? or Yeah, so one of the players in that Giovanni Chronicles game, he runs this, this uh, Roman Britain era chronicle that is focusing on the themes of like what it is to be immortal and you know how some see it as divinity and things like that so like one of the main characters that's been featured is like mithras you know and how he's like this god essentially and it's just it's a really unique take because it's you know you're in you're 120 you know it's like ancient history and just playing the world in a totally different lens and what it means to be a vampire it's very it's a very fun unique game just little thing between me and a couple other people online and one of the guys he's been recording some of the episodes throwing them up on his own personal thing so we can watch back not really like podcast style you know it's just like hey kind of how you started twin cities just yeah. like hey let's uh let's go back archive. and listen to it yeah, yeah let's have an that's archive. exactly what we've been doing so archiving yeah. it and then oh let me recap we haven't played in a couple of weeks been stuff just getting in the way but uh we're we're looking at next week start playing again and then a couple of weeks out from that and so on and so forth so that's rad, man. It's rad. It's definitely like it's cool to hear your stories about these other games and kind of like thinking about these other settings being being used that that are currently interesting to me. So. Yeah, we don't play enough on on T- TCBN, man. I got I gotta get a game like once a week at least. <laughs> You're like I gotta get my fix. I mean, like it's crazy though. Like now we do have like stuff weekly, but we have like not everyone's evolved in the same games. You know what I mean? So it's like I mean that's game... fine. That's fine. Yeah, I found yeah. another, another outlet. <laughs> you're like i got my fix motherfucker i got cold brew and other games so fuck you between, no, but... <laughs> between those two and then the few i play out on this like yeah. set set yeah. as long as i can keep one going here and those going i'm, I'm gonna be good 
Yeah, man. Things are good, man. I'm really happy with how things have been for all of us. So that's awesome. So on that high note, we're going to take a break and then go down to a really low note where we talk about nihilism and the world of darkness. So stay tuned. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. Welcome back, everyone. So today's topic of discussion is the philosophy of nihilism in the world of darkness. And first, we really need to establish, like, what nihilism is. Some Maybe you've never heard of this. Maybe you have, or and you just have a sort of an understanding of it. We're not going to go like real deep into all the different nuances of the different types of philosophers who have talked about nihilism and what it means and all that kind of stuff. Just kind of give you guys an overview. Nihilism is like extreme pessimism. It's the idea that nothing matters. There's no purpose to life. There's nothing in the entire world, universe, nothing that really has any kind of true meaning there's no moral or religious right there's nothing in in all of existence that really has any impact and so because it has no impact because none of that matters the idea is that you should instead further the existence of nothing by destroying all yeah it's pretty like hopelessness also, in a way, how I take from yeah. mind you, I, I am not a philosopher. I, I, I am not a subject matter expert at all. But my outlook on it, like from what I've heard about and everything, is just the loss of hope, too, right? It's just this dark, mm-hmm. n- nothing fucking matters kind of thing. It, it's all fucked. <laughs> you know, excuse my, vernac- my vocabulary there, my in-depth <laughs> vocabulary there. But for real, like it's a very dark, pe- like you said, pessimistic way of viewing the world, man, of, yeah. of, of an outlook of, on the world. Which kind of a is an interesting thing that to explore in a game line that's called the world of darkness, right? It doesn't really scream unicorn farts and happiness in the name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a very that it's what drive it's honestly like what drives me to the game. Not that I'm some you know me well and people who've listened know me well. I'm not any kind of edge lore type dude, but it's just like it's that the tones of the game that drive me to the world of darkness came. And it's kind of interesting. Andrew had this idea, by the way, for the podcast. This is something that Andrew came up with. And it's a very interesting take because it's like, is that the theme of world of darkness? You know, like, what, what do you think about that, Andrew? I mean, like, you, you have some outlook on it, right? Like, what, what what's your outlook when it comes well, to it? Well, first, you can, what you can do is you can look at all the individual games, right? And how they incorporate these themes into them. Because they all have some element of that you know with changeling the dreaming for example you have the concept of banality and how things creativity is being lost and how how imagination is dying and how the world is slowly becoming more banal and that is in a way nihilism it is it is is everything is just decaying you know and then you have things like the the cosmic force the worm in werewolf where it's this thing this corrupting destroyer 
of all and and just the whole universe is out of balance and how things are just being destroyed and then and then you have all these creatures and and factions that are all focused around furthering those goals and then in mage you have nefandi these these people who have been corrupted and inverted their avatars turned in on themselves to the point where now they they seek ultimate destruction of everything their their goal is to to eradicate all and and that is essentially nihilism that is that is the most extreme interpretation of it yeah i i even think you could find tones of it in my and like perhaps my favorite world the darkness game vampire the masquerade where there are a lot of themes of nihilism in it at least in my outlook in my interpretation again there's no correct interpretation not saying my interpretation is right just want to get that on the record i'm not trying to be pretentious but i view vampire the masquerade as you're playing something that's cursed and you're playing something that's damned the the damned part the damned part is what really like drives me to that game because i feel when the stories that I try to tell in Vampire the Masquerade, no, no matter if it's a Camarilla story or if it's well, something like Wars on Fire, inadvertently or advertently, you are going to corrupt. You're going to ruin. You're going to either lose control or you're going to think you're making the best decision. Something about you is going to fuck something up and it's going to ruin your existence. And it, it, it is inevitable that either you're going to meet Final Death you're going to become so detached and removed from who you are that you're almost completely alien or you're going to get, or, or you're just going to, well, those are the two options. I really. can't think of a third, yeah. but it's a theme that I try to tackle a lot in twin cities by night. And I tackled them. I try to tackle in wars too. And m- some people may listen to this. And I, I kind of, when we, when you mentioned that this was going to be the subject, I was thinking about this actually today at the gym. It's like, people may listen to this and be like, well, I don't want to fucking listen to your shit. Who wants to play in that game where you're just going to fucking end up losing in the end, there's no winning or losing, but you're just fucked in the end. I don't think people understand that, like, in my opinion, part of the the beauty of this game is you can explore those or explore those themes, man. And you can in, in a horrific story kind of way. You know, one thing that I've heard from a couple listeners, and and they're very their their concerns and their critiques are really legitimate in this, is that spoilers, if you have not listened to the Twin Cities by Night Chronicles. In the first two, there's a character that Alex played named Ophelia, right? Was this Toydor, had a higher humanity, kind of kind of had this naive way of looking at things in the world, was a nice counterbalance to like the 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 way that like Jonathan Chase perceived things was like the you know, like the yin and yang, and there was a lot of good scenes between the two, but two things about Ophelia. One is I don't think people realized that while she had a high humanity and while this character like made arguments on behalf of like quote unquote doing the right thing she had a dark side to her and i don't think people picked up on how subtle alex was with how how her beast came out in different ways right with how she messed with brian moore the reporter how she like went and fed off people it was very subtle but a lot of people were like well she's dead now why why is the one person who had like the humanity in the group dead and it's almost like they i don't think they realized that like alex wanted that character to die I think because he wanted to make a point. And I think that point was, is the fact that being that naive in the world of darkness and just in the world period. And some people are going to probably get angry that I said that you could be positive and you could be all that stuff, but the world's a bad place. And the world of darkness is a very bad place. And being that naive in the world of darkness probably won't have good results. It's a temporary bandaid over a hole in a, in a dam. You know what I mean? Like sooner or later, that bandaid is going to shoot off and the water's going to come through. And absolutely that, yeah. that kind of touches on 
one of the things I was going to say about vampire and nihilism in that it's a it's a really great game for that concept because of the beast and humanity. Now, some of the other paths of enlightenment aren't quite as as good as it portraying it, I think, as humanity, but it's still kind of present with no matter what morality system you're aligning to, and that you're a creature who is trying not to fall into that utter hopelessness and loss of self and becoming this force of just pure emotion and destruction. And so in that, when the beast is coming to the fore and and is causing, you know, complications and issues, whatever version that you're playing, there's like different ways of portraying that. And it's, it's one of those things that is really highlighted in that game through that mechanic. Oh, yeah. I mean, and even like, you know, exactly in that mechanic, I think a lot of people don't realize and we kind of hand waved it wars for the story part. But in the mechanics of something like revised and I know in V5, they haven't touched really on roads or anything like that. But like in the mechanic system or revised. It's not easy to switch to a path. For example, in Mex- Mexico City by night, they have like a high-ranking Sabat NPC who went into Wasail because like he couldn't figure out how to get off humanity. And he lived in Mexico City, which is like a bad combination. And he went into Wasail and he was a Shemizi priest and he just couldn't like, he didn't get like how to switch his belief system like that. But also, you know, the beast is a very, like I would say top of the list example, but also like like ghouls. That's another thing I like to touch in the game. That's why I think it's it's kind of funny how some people are like, oh, well, Ophelia's gone. What 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 are you doing to show like something good? And it's like there was never anything good in Twin Cities by Night, man. Well, Listen, well, well, you mean <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I mean, like, like I I just mean like in what I'm saying is like in the story that I told, it's always had a somber feel to it. There was no like. Yeah good bright sunshine kind of moment but like what what i like for example like in, in a concept like ghouls is the fact that you may think as a vampire that like you see whatever we can use a very basic example like you're a toridor and you have like this ghoul artist right and you want to like really just make this artist live forever yada yada give him some of your vitae yada yada well the moment you introduce that vitae into that person you fucked them you fucked them there and forever their, their dark urges are going to come out they're an addict yada 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 read ghoul's fatal addiction Favorite aspect of the game is ghouls a lot of times for me. But we're not even talking. Let's get away from the supernatural element. Let's get away from the fact that, like, the beast in the Vitae. Let's talk about the fact that just being in someone's life could fuck them. You are a supernatural cursed creature, and you could very well ruin someone's life with your own selfishness. I mean, that also could be the beast, but, like, inadvertent consequences of attention that may be drawn to that person, so on and so forth. So, I really, that, and listen. Not every game has to like, I'm not out there like running these stories, trying to be like fucking Johnny Emo, making people sad or whatever. I do try to contrast it sometimes, you know, with moments of clarity or moments of whatever. But the the part of the game I feel is not surviving outside threats. It's surviving yourself. And I think nihilism and that go hand in hand because it's really quick to get into that nihilistic view when you're when you're kindred or a canine. That's just my opinion. Absolutely. One of the things that moral nihilism holds is there's no there is no morality. There's no difference between killing someone or stealing something or not doing those things. There's no inherent right or wrong and that it doesn't matter what you do. And so it's inherently selfish. And with a vampire, you know, you're trying not to fall into that into that thought that it doesn't matter that you can do whatever you want, that there's no consequences because it doesn't matter. 
none of it matters. And ultimately, I think this wraps around to the question you asked at the start, and that is that, no, I don't I don't believe that the games are really truly about nihilism so much as they are about the the battle against nihilism, that every single one of these games, you know, the world of darkness is highlighting those horrible things and the idea that like nothing matters to show you that it does matter that you playing a wraith who is fighting against oblivion and trying to just hold on to yourself that matters or playing as this vampire who's trying not to fall into wassail and lose themselves into this beast this monster that struggle that matters. That makes a difference. And so the game is all about portraying these people who who are trying to not be that. And so the world of darkness, to me, is 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 using nihilism to show a point that it's kind of like how what's his name, Frederick Nietzsche, is how you say it. That he's popularly associated with nihilism because he had a lot of viewpoints on it, and that he used it as a tool to show that you can overcome that you can survive all of these things his whole philosophy is that once everything is destroyed it can be rebuilt yeah i agree with you i I 100 agree with you and the reason why i agree with you and i kind of i'm trying not to paint with a broad brush here what i'm about to say but this is just from observations like looking at facebook groups right at whatever and i see oftentimes for now, I just want to talk a little bit more about Vampire. Then I want to bring up Mage because I want to get your opinion on something about Mage. But in Vampire, I see a lot of people look at the existential threats of Vampire being like the Sabbat or Cam versus Anarchs or the fucking Second Inquisition, which is a rad concept. Don't get me wrong. Those are all threats, right? But I don't think that people see, some people see that there are a lot of battles that are fought fighting against that nihilism in Vampire the Masquerade. Little, little battles that are won constantly with a character with with the realization or with feeling guilt of something they did and realizing how they're changing and trying to prevent that change you know it's like it's almost like identifying that nihilism or identifying these issues and learning that you got to combat them is a victory in the game it's almost like i think that people in a way in my opinion a successful conscience role to make sure that you don't lose humanity is a win in the game because not only because you won the role but because you feel guilt about what you did and then thus you can internalize why you're feeling guilt and what you did to cause that and then combat that in your own way be like oh shit what am i becoming i need to stop and that's a victory when you have a character in a game or the player of a character and you're like what is your character thinking and they have this moment where it's as clear as day what is going on in their lives and they can identify it and they can know they need to change that fuck dude that's a victory and that opens a huge door for that character progression and it's like that to me are like the battles that matter in the game i mean i fucking love this a bot too like wars was fun and all fucking infernalism and all that shit it's like when there's a character who just has this moment of clarity i'll bite if it's just natural character progression or it's a like i said a successful humanity role to me that's a bigger victory than like punching a sheriff or some shit and again it's a progression maybe it's because i'm older or maybe it's whatever but it's like i think if people who are into vampire the masquerade can see the big threats but also look at those and see like if you keep it simple sometimes you can even have big stories if a sabbat came and raided your city so i want to switch to mage because mage is your jam and I have, I have a little confession to make because i was skeptical when i before i read mage 20th and i read it because of you 
and I read it because you you continuously talked about Mage, and and I was like, man, this guy won't shut the fuck up about. It. It's got to be good, right? <laughs> you know. So I threw the money to get the book, bought the hardcover fucking print on demand book, which is a fucking tomb. Great book, by the way. If Mr. Bricado is listening, I was really pleasantly surprised because I had a, a huge misconception about Mage. Again, I hate saying like misconception like my way is the right way again i want to stress there's no like right or wrong way you play the game how you play the game but in my head i had this misconception that mage was like about the good guys fighting against the bad evil technocracy right and i just like to me how i thought that was just didn't interest me but then i had this huge epiphany reading mage 20th because i saw what the true thing was where it's like hubris and it's like no matter what side of the fight you're on you have this power to change reality and but you have the human the human weakness to where you think you know what's right and you're going to change it, even yeah. if you have good intentions. But what I like about mage is that even in that hubris, and even if someone could be an asshole mage and completely do fucked up shit, thinking they're doing right, they still have hope. And to me, the contrast they have with the, Nef- the I'm going to fucking butcher this, Nef- the Nefendi. It's like the Nefendi to me are like the ultimate antagonist. I'll even say like, more than the Bali and vampire, more than the fucking black spiral dancers, whatever, and werewolf. When it comes to like clear cut like that, because like you said, the Nefendi are the loss of utter hope. They're they're nihilism to the max. And in Mage, even if there's an antagonist, they still think there's hope to have a better whatever with them changing reality. What's your opinion on that? Would you do you agree with that, or am I reading that wrong? Or so one of the things about some of the philosophers of nihilism is that they believe that through the process of nihilism and destroying all interpretations of the world through moral, religious, everything, you can discover what is the best course for humankind as a whole, right? And in Mage, you know, you have all of these different, like you were saying, these different factions that are all like at war with each other for humanity. And so I think Mage as a game is very focused around this concept and that the Nefandi are the extreme end in that they're like, no, we should just obliterate everything. And then you have all the other different sprinklings of ideas of what they believe should be done so that humankind can mass ascend together. Everyone can be perfect. Whatever their individual ideas for that is, all mages are, every single faction, every single even individual even has their own idea of what that actually means. And, And in my mind, I look at mage as a game where all the mages believe they are right, but they're all wrong. And that's that's how I look at the game, in that mage is a game about how you are so convinced that you are right, that you're telling reality itself that it's wrong. And ultimately, it's really just that all mages are just so full of themselves they're all so wrong and the 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 fun of that game is playing this person who's so righteous in their belief that they can tell the world itself that no you were wrong this is how it works and in that that shows in every single faction including even in the nefandi who who are trying to destroy everything you know they're trying to to make everything just ultimately just gone so that it can all be reset in whatever vision that may be even they have this idea that we should do this when maybe that's not right. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, you know, and, and others who may know me know that I want to run eventually a mage game and I want to tackle a lot of that stuff because I think a lot of the themes, like you said right there about mages is is something that we saw 
at least in the United States, if not the world, during the 60s and 70s a lot. And it was like a lot of craziness in the world and a lot of people who who think they knew what was best for reality and best for people. And it was all over the place. And oh, I can't wait to hopefully tackle that one day. You know, before we go to our next break, I kind of want to like say like for people who may be listening to this and all this stuff is I, I know at least us at Twin Cities by Night, and I think I can attest for the nine other members, well, eight others, including Andrew and I, where the one thing that kind of like draws us together, I think, is the fact that like when we run these games, at least some of the games like to tackle some serious themes, and some of them may not be may not be the the, the happiest, I guess, but that does not mean at all that like we are, are so set on telling like sad nihilistic stories we just feel that's a nice contrast and it's a good way to to explore a lot of these themes and i think if people read between the lines a lot of these world of darkness games there's a lot of potential serious philosophical ways to explore these games and i I know as a storyteller myself and as a player i'm always trying to like evolve my way of doing it and and i'm glad that you chose to have this subject because now i'm like my brain's already churning dude (laughs) you know what i mean it's like point the whole point of having having these themes in a game is to show multiple viewpoints. You know, it's not just like, oh, it's the world's darkness and it's all grunge and edgy and dark and, you know, everything's worse. And it's like, it's not just that. It's showing that to also highlight when those, the opposite of that occurs in the game or even in our own world. When, the, when, when there are good things, how just great that is. It's the idea is that there are tiny little pinpricks of light. It's not all dark. It's not all gray. There, there's good. It's just you should cherish it when it's there. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Wayward Ginger, who's an admin on our Discord, shout out to Wayward Ginger, Wayward Leather. Check out Wayward Leather. But she pointed out something really good about how, while listening to Dread, she was talking about your character Lenny and Dread, the Nosferatu. How like different the different characters in that game and their different struggles are. God, I can't fuck. I can never remember like verbatim what's said about this stuff but the gist was that like she likes to watch your character she likes lenny because she feels like it's a slow a slow descent or something to that extent where she said with like warren it's like he's in the pit and there's no coming out of it and so it's like you can i think that highlights what you said about there like there's different themes you can explore there's different ways even in a quartery or a group or a pack or whatever game you're playing you can have different characters that in one single story can explore different elements of that. Not all characters have to be hammered and hammered and hammered. I feel sorry for Warren. I feel like he gets hammered a lot, but it's like you you, you can explore in many different ways and your players can help you with that too, which is an yeah. awesome, yeah, yeah, real awesome thing. So, all right, we're going to, we're going to take our second break and we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about what we have coming up on the schedule and stay tuned. Hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse, 
the group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. All right. Welcome back. So one thing I wanted to bring up as a reminder and and. Uh, I fucking hate bringing this up, Andrew. I just, we have a Patreon out there. If you would like to support the podcast, we don't have anything behind a paywall, but it's just kind of like, give what you feel. Our goal with the Patreon is to upgrade microphones for people. We are always trying to like find ways to improve as storytellers, players with what we do on every aspect. And one thing that we identified is the sound quality of some of our stuff. So we are trying to focus on getting, saving up funds to get there. Plus it covers the podcast hosting fees that I pay for for SoundCloud. So those of you who all give, I again want to send from the bottom of my heart, a thank you. We have a thing on our Discord now where uh, we have a like a role. If you would like to have a role that says Patreon backer on our Discord and you're a member there, hit us up, let us know. We'll go ahead and take care of you. I don't know. We, we're talking about I don't know if it's being worked on. I actually got checked with Craig, uh, Craig Dog. If you're listening, that's your new nickname. Slavic had an awesome idea about like posting some of like the notes from some of our earlier stuff or whatever on there. Just kind of like, I don't, know, I don't really want to say like behind the scenes, but just something to see kind of how like things are done behind the curtain. And so I know I sent Craig a bunch of stuff. Dude, that guy has so many fucking awesome ideas. We're going to talk about something that he has coming up here soon, but he has so many awesome ideas about what to do with it. he's talking about like he's like i'm gonna like take pictures like v5 and i'm like dude you don't have to do all that bro my my shit's like typed with massive typos in microsoft word or whatever but we'll hopefully be throwing those up there and everything so again I, from the bottom of my heart sincerely for those of you who do that i really want to thank you all it's fucking awesome and thank you it really means a lot and then we're going to talk about what we have coming up on our schedule dog so on the 18th we got changeling the lost vanity and holy cow man like that last session, you're especially with 18th, Isabel. You mean seventeenth? Seventh. Well, it's released on the eighteenth. But that last session with your character, man, and like her being in that house and dealing with that cop, just everything with that game. At us as storytellers, and I think any storyteller deals with this, and I think especially more so people who do actual plays, we have a tendency to like question ourselves or be like, oh, I've learned this about the game and yada, yada. And constantly like Adam is saying like what he knows about Changeling Lost now compared to when he started. Now, you know, he's like, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. And I, I don't view that at all. I think that like that game is such a perfect example of character development, man, that like it just blows my mind listening to it. Like each, like I don't know what to expect now each session when i listen to it when i edit it like i'm like what what's gonna happen and it's uh it's kind of an awesome feeling man and i it's that last session really like i mean just fuck dude that and like katrina shit and then like carlos and manny and like what they witnessed yeah. and all that stuff it's like so gut-wrenching dude and i don't think like adam gives himself enough credit for like the story that he's telling with that man it's really fucking good and man check that I feel out like i feel Go like ahead. we're hitting a climax with that mm -hmm. and that like everything's about to come crashing down I, do too. I don't I don't know exactly what that means, but I know I, that's what I feel like is happening. And I like that. I like that there's there's that hanging in the air and that like at any moment, everything's just going to fall apart for everyone. Mm -hmm. I, I feel that way, too. And I'm I'm excited. And, you know, I, I know Andrew has or Adam has expressed that, you know, he just wants to play a little bit after that. And I get it. It's it's been a long running, you know what I mean? Game and everything like that. And he kind of wants to cool. But I really hope he story tells again. I know he's talking about like doing the werewolf Western New Mexico thing. Or I just hope he does again, because I feel like especially like one in my outlook on life, just period on everything in life is you have to be willing to like look at your stuff yourself and critique yourself and identify things where you need to improve. And I think that's the case 
I try to have and we all try to have with like Twin Cities by night. And I think it really says a lot about him that he can look back and be like, oh, I can improve on this. I can improve. And I just can't like, I love that because it to me just means like the stuff that he's going to storytell is just going to continuously like get better and better and better. And I think a clear sign of things that he's learned as a storyteller showed in his character in your game when he played when he a special agent Esperado. <laughs> I'm fucking it up, but his Espinoza, that's what it is. The way that he plays that character, man, you know, like when he Esposito, pitched, Esposito. Robert Esposito, Esposito. Yeah, sorry, right? I'm, yeah, I Wait, think that's it. I, yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll Damn find it. out. Tomorrow. You, know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, that just goes to show how long it's been since we played, Dude. and I'm really sad that it's going to be even longer. Well, that's a good thing too, and I want uh, not a good thing we can't play, but that's a good thing you brought it up for those of you who are listening to Hunters Hunted Two Corruption are wondering what the fuck happened. I took a couple months off from like doing the podcast thing, and now due to someone's work schedule, like they they have to travel for a couple months, so like we won't be able to do it until the end of March. So for those of you who are like, I want more of the mop gun. I believe that we have it scheduled to be released. I'm going to look on the calendar here, but Hunters Hunted 2 will be released on April 8th. April 8th, Hunters Hunted 2 will be released. So if you're barring any other kind of like, yeah, barring and, like, yeah, things go as we have planned. Yeah, that's what be we're April. looking at. But, but to get back to my thing is like the way that he played that character, he plays that character because he pitched it like I want to play like he said he was inspired by the character from Spawn, kind of like the overweight detective or whatever. But the way he plays it, man, that's such fuck. I hate I sound pretentious again, but it's like he it's a deep character, dude. You know, like the conversations he has with his wife or like this subtle alcoholism or like him just finding joy and eating a meal that his wife makes or the talk with his son or the guilt he feels of his son. It's just it's an onion dude of like all these layers of like of realness, man. And, and a character that's just at first was inspired by a comic book character, you know? And I think that like shows and everything that Adam has learned as a storyteller. And I, to be honest with you, I think I even saw signs of, of that creativity in him in the ultimate evil, you know, when you and him started in the ultimate evil, both with very fucking real characters who came out of the gate kind of like in depth you know so kudos to adam and if you're listening to this adam like i'm sincerely like from the bottom of my heart so proud of what what you have done with changing that that like you need to hear me whatever be proud of you but i seriously am as a peer and as a friend it's like super awesome and for those of you who want to like talk about nihilism man you want to see some like really like emotionally tugging shit man listen to changing the lost vanity dude that game will fucking pull your heartstrings bro in a good way i think in a really good way so that's what we have coming up and then we also have on the 25th of february we have demon the fallen fragments so like we said, due to someone having to travel for work, we aren't going to be able to run Dread or Hunter's Hunter 2 until April. So other games that we had in the, I guess, in the queue, we, and we have a ton of games in the queue. You guys would be surprised how many ideas we have floating around and how awesome people are to step up, right? Have you noticed that, Andrew? Like, I don't want to call it like an emergency because we've never had any emergency, but if there's like a time to step up, people in the crew step up dude it's really fucking awesome dude it's like next you know this character creation videos and like everything's ready to go but anyways demon the fallen fragments is going to be released on the 25th and that is a game where mitch the man of many voices i wish i had a name like that mitch if you're listening you're so fucking rad have a name like that and it's so funny hearing mitch be like i don't like the sound of my voice who said it like everyone else does you know what I mean? yeah it's like yeah. yeah everyone else is like oh he's got a really cool like smooth voice it just sounds great podcast and yeah 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 he does totally but i mean not that i like i'm not surprised that people you know are excited to listen to but i'm really surprised dude that like i think there's people who 
who have listened to character creation session podcasts and videos of Demon the Fallen who haven't listened to any of our other stuff, dude, just because it's Demon the Fallen. I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised by that. Like, oh, wow, there's people like there's a oh, hunger for people, people like Demon. Yeah, they, they do. And, and I tell you what, folks, first of all, the, the players that you have in there, like you have Tillman, Becca, Slavic and fucking Adam is going to be playing in there. We we're just talking about Adam. I was really pleasantly surprised listening to the character creation session for each of those each of those folks about how realistic those characters were. And I keep using that adjective and I sound like a fucking douchebag saying it. But like, I mean it like when I was tuned in listening to the character creation sessions, I, I don't know like, why you're surprised like all this time like you need to get over that because <laughs> stop being surprised man just just know that just trust us oh yeah i do i trust you guys totally man like as paramount and things that are being released i'm not even involved in you know which is awesome but but uh like the, the really good grounded characters mitch has a shit ton of experience in the world of darkness has been wanting to run this game for a while he actually took a picture in his house where he had like he was watching one of the character creation videos on his fucking wall yeah. mounted tv and i'm like dude it's friday night bro go have some beer or some shit he's like i'm prepping i'm prepping i'm like all right bro <laughs> you know so that's hey look he's got a he has a busy life there's only so much time he has so if that's what he's doing in his friday night like don't don't try and convince him to do something else he might need that time that's very true. That's very true. That motherfucker cannot show up to a game on time. It at least has to be like five minutes late. And so, yeah, <laughs> let that man manage his time when he can. Right. All right. So that's that's a I love you, Mitch, by the way, if you hear that. So I'm just fucking with you. So then we are going to have next, which some I'm really fucking excited for. I want to take a little bit to talk about on March 4th. We're having Ghoul's Fatal Addiction Servitude, which is going to be I want to talk about this a little bit just to kind of like explain what it is. It's so not, it's not TCBN Servitude. No, it is. It is. Here's you called where, it Ghoul's Fatal Addiction Servitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it's called. That's what it's called. Okay. And I want to explain it. All right. And so people are like, what the fuck are they talking about here? There's a mini series that's going to be called Ghoul's Fatal Addiction Servitude that I'm going to be running. I'm going to be running it maybe two to three sessions. I don't know. You never know with players. I'm guessing one to three sessions. That's what I kind of have planned out. It could be one session. It could be three sessions, but it's definitely a mini series. And what it is, it's going to fill that gap that we're having due to a couple months due to, to work schedules and everything. And it's going to be a ghoul's fatal addiction story that takes place in the twin cities by night continuity. And it's going to take place in 1988 and the twin cities during the winter. And for those of you who have been listening to Twin Cities by night, you may have picked up little clues and hints that like something happened in the in 1988, 1989, around that time frame. And it's going to show some canon stuff that I've wanted to to hint at. And it's going to it's gonna be also for me an opportunity to really tackle ghouls and ghouls fatal addiction, which is my favorite book, and to really tackle some difficult themes in there. I'm doing the notes right now. I'm almost done with the notes, completely done with them, and I'm you you can see the inspiration that I have for for like Clive Barker and Brett Easton Ellis, which he wrote like American Psycho, and it's to me it's going to tackle like I'm really like really trying to focus on the impact that this can have, to, in my opinion, to show how I view ghouls. And for anyone who's listened to our Twin Cities by Night stuff, ghouls for me, the way I handle ghouls isn't like just a retainer kind of thing. You know, it's like I want to show that as being an example of kindred They're characters. They're characters, and it's, it's a sign of how kindred are damned. And also, though, one thing, a goal of mine with this is to kind of take the perspective of ghouls to show how horrific vampires are and, and try to do that to the best of my ability. So I have some, like, I feel I have some lofty, like, goals I want to accomplish with it. Will I be able to? I'm not sure. Time will tell. I'm very excited, though. Becca's going to be playing in it. Joaquin's going to be playing in it. Slavic is and Tillman is. So two of the guys have Twin Cities by Night experience. Tillman does. 
also with wars on fire but like becca is going to kind of have a new perspective that she's going to bring seeing that she's never kind of played in the continuity of those so that, i'm really excited for that now where the confusion was we we're talking about is that i might as well say it now once dread is done my plans as a storyteller is to run the next arc of the ultimate evil, which is institutionalized, then to run sequel to Wars on Fire, which is going to be called Twin Cities on Fire, which is going to be talking about the Sabbat raid of 1945. And the Twin Cities is going to have the Pale Riders in there. Gonna, that's already kind of like freaking me out what I'm going to have to do in that one. And then after that, the next like Twin Cities by Night arc is going to be Twin Cities by Night Fatal Addiction, where, where for now I'm planning to where the players are going to play ghouls and modern day or in 2010 circa twin cities so that's where andrew was wondering about i'm not sure if i'm going to still do that to be honest it's going to see you know i might get that itch out of the way doing this mini series who knows that's going to be like at least two years in the future dude so <laughs> like i don't want to like long man yeah we got other things we got other things to do man we got ideas and ideas and then the weekend after that finally because we like to go four weeks ahead is on the 11th of march it's going to be again demon the fallen fragments so you'll see more of that so that's what we have coming up lined up man it's really it's just really fucking awesome dude you know like i'm really happy with how things are going with the this positivity man you know i i just i really feel i have to say that man like with and i want to thank you i want to thank everyone from the crew everyone from you know the bull crew everyone who who listens or whatever like this brings me so much joy and recently like i've just really felt that a lot and i've really been reminded why we do this and it's it's an it's an awesome thing to be able to like share a part of ourselves out there with you all and have you guys hopefully enjoy it <laughs> if not fucking you can scream at and that we suck and it's cool too we love you anyways man <laughs> but you got anything to say andrew before i let you dog uh go diggity dog I am depressingly low on coffee. Dude, that's why you got to say, listen to Black Sabbath, drink cold brew. Try it once, man. Come on, you can do it. You got the touch. You got it. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> I got gotcha. it. That's <laughs> yeah. good. You're, right. I, I wanted to leave you hanging to see if you would. Uh... All right. I'm fucking emotionally spent. Everyone, listen to Black Sabbath, drink cold brew. Check out Twin Cities by night. Peace out. You guys have a good day. The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. 
Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs>